Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Have you ever been in a situation where you've prayed a prayer similar to this? God, save me. Anyone ever prayed that prayer? God, get me out. Come on, I'm a Christian. Get me out of here. Anyone ever prayed that prayer? Maybe some of you are praying it right now as you're here in church. Uh, maybe if, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, you've probably prayed that prayer as well, even if you don't believe there's a God. Because actually research suggests that a lot of people in this country still do pray. They really do. And in fact, some of you have prayed this prayer as you've been pulled over by the police officer. You pray, dear God, please may he be in a good mood or she and not give me a parking ticket or three points. Anyone ever prayed that? God did deliver me and did send me a rescue, a supernatural intervention, and He released me from three points recently. Do you know how He did that? I got sent to a speed awareness course (laughs) to dodge the three points. And what was really funny on the speed awareness course was not only was I there as a pastor, but there was a driving instructor there as well. (laughs) I thought, that's great. We all laughed about it, actually. But I don't know about you, but you, you might have also prayed this. God, if you get me out of this, I promise you, I'll do anything you want me to do. I'll go anywhere you want me to go. I'll give anything you want me to give. Just get me out of this situation. Rescue me, protect me, deliver me, get me out. 2018, The Guardian uh, newspaper did a uh, survey on the UK and they reckoned that over half of the people in the UK do pray on a quite regular basis, even those that say there's no God. And often the prayers they pray are prayers of protection and prayers of rescue. What they're really asking is this, God, would you step in? I don't even know whether you exist, but God, would you step in to this situation? And I think this prayer of protection is really deep in the heart of who we are as human beings. And there's a great verse in the Old Testament in Proverbs 18 verse 10. It says this, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Anyone in the room or online remember the chorus we used to sing around this? Come on, do you remember that? Blessed be the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a... I know, see Claire Allen, I wanna get her out here right now and do the actions for me because you were just doing the actions. We're all gonna do it. Let's stand up for a minute, stand up for a minute. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, and, and in location, stand up, stand up. Okay, the name of the Lord is tower. Next bit, the righteous run to it. <laughs> Look at Andy Hancock, they are saying, Okay, let me just say, those of you who are newer, don't leave, all right? This is just a walk down memory lane. Now, I even know this in Bulgarian, okay? And this was 30 years ago. I mean, how good is that? All right? Hopefully there's nobody in the room Bulgarian at the moment. One more time. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Come on. The righteous run to it. Come on, Tom, and they are saved. Okay, you can hit your seats, hit your seats. Fantastic. That's what you all of us, isn't it? And there's something about, <laughs> there's something about that kind of prayer that says, is this true? Like, is God a refuge that we can go to and we're safe? And what I want to call this today is this when God steps in and when he doesn't. 
Because we also need a reality check that sometimes God does miraculously step in and protect and save and rescue. And sometimes it appears like He doesn't. And what do we do when we hit that whole kind of situation? You see, when you look at Jesus, and we've looked at the heal, uh, miracles of healing, we've looked at miracles of deliverance. Jane did a great job last week at that. But around Jesus, there were these miracles of supernatural protection. I mean, He turned water into wine to protect a family's shame and disgrace. He, he calmed the storm to protect a bunch of fishermen who were scared for their lives, even though they'd seen storms the whole of their lives. They'd never seen a storm like this one. And He calmed the storm supernaturally. There was there were a situation where there was an angry mob that was gonna kill him and stone him and supernaturally God protected him and he headed through the crowd. Look back in the Old Testament and God shut the mouths of lions. God stopped the sun. God rescued and saved. And then in the early church in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, God miraculously protected him and released him from prison until he didn't. God time after time stepped in until he didn't. And that raises up a whole load of questions. And you know, today, as I was walking over to church and thinking about this weekend and thinking this was two years ago that the whole world changed with COVID. And I remember coming into church on that first Sunday where none of you were here because we were in lockdown. That was two years ago this weekend. And I remember just talking and looking at a camera and thinking, God, would you step in? Please let this be over in three to four weeks. That's what I was praying. That's what I told you. We wouldn't be meeting for at least three weeks. Two years later, still with that. And then on the very day that restrictions finish, Russia goes in to Ukraine. And it's like we're heading out of one crisis into another. And I don't know about you, but when you look at this season in history, you see, you never realise that you're in a history-making season when you're living through it. But we are, guys, we really are. When you look at what's happening globally, look at AI, look at cryptocurrency and all of that stuff, look at Brexit followed by COVID, followed by war in Europe. There's just a whole geopolitical redrawing of the map. We are living in a history-making season. And what we want to do today as we talk about protection is we wanna mark it as well. We wanna mark this moment and we wanna say, God, we believe that You are God when You step in and when You don't. And we're gonna look at that. And one of the ways that God does step in, and we'll talk about this a little bit more next week, is through people. I believe there are miracles happening all around. You know, when I look at what, you know, when I look in my TV set and I, and, and I see the people of Germany just embracing uh, refugees saying, you can come and live with me. You can, and I see that and I think there's miracles. There's God moving all around us all of the time. And last week, when we say to you guys, could we give some finance, even though right now we're all a little bit pressured on the financial front, we're all a little bit freaked out by the, the, the petrol costs and all of that. And guys, last week, you gave over £26,000 to the people of Ukraine, which is absolutely incredible. Absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. 
And can I just say, if you're here in the room or you're watching and you still want to give, you can do that. It should come up on the screen. You can go online, you can do that and you can give. Go onto our website. As well as giving, we're praying. Thank you for those of you that came and prayed uh, at the upper Zoom on Tuesday. Also write to your MP. I met with our MP on Friday morning. We had a very lively conversation and that was good. Uh, we, we said a few things. I said a few things. He listened and he was very gracious, I think. Uh, we're still talking anyway, so that's all good. Uh, but you know what? We can do something. We can do something. And sometimes God steps in by the way that you and I react and respond. But you know, over the last two years, some of you have buried people and you've been at funerals where there was only 15 or 17 of you. Some of you have prayed for protection and it didn't seem to happen in the way you wanted it to. Many of you have had disappointments over the last couple of years. Many of you have been praying for the war to stop and it doesn't seem like it is stopping. Many of you are praying for COVID to stop and it doesn't seem to be stopping. Many of you are praying for situations of breakthrough and you're not seeing it. And it raises questions like this, God, are you there? God, do you care? And God, can you do anything about it? So how do we make sense of a God who does step in, but sometimes it appears like He doesn't? I wanna share four things with you this morning. These are really big things, but I think they're so, so important. And on Wednesday, in our online community at 7.30 in the morning, I'll be doing a Facebook Live, just trying to take some of this stuff a little bit deeper. You're very welcome to join us if you're in the community. The first idea I wanna to talk to you about is this. Sometimes prevention is God's means of protection. Sometimes prevention is God's means of protection. How many of us can look back and think, I'm so glad I didn't marry him? or her. I'm so glad I didn't get that job. I'm so glad that door shut tight. I'm so glad that didn't happen when it could have happened because that prevention was actually God's means of protection. You see, what happens is that when we look back, we think, I really wanted that. I'm so glad I didn't get it now. I dodged a bullet. That's God's protection and it's called prevention. But secondly, sometimes God doesn't protect you because He wants you to grow. The reality is, guys, that if we were protected from everything that was uncomfortable, we would never grow. And sometimes, not every time, but sometimes God wants you to grow so much, He doesn't protect you because He's after something more important. I love how Rick Warren, who's a pastor in America, says, he says, God is far more interested in your character than your comfort. And you know, as a church, we, we wanna be a church which is a safe place for a dangerous message where you feel really secure and really loved, but never comfortable. Does that make sense? And this week I was uh, in Ireland for three days in Southern Ireland and uh, doing some meetings with a network that we're a part of. We started a network called Further Faster, which is helping churches in the UK and Ireland to reach people who don't do church. And um, I didn't realise when we booked it that St. Patrick's Day was one of the days we were there. So while we were there, we had a lot about St. Patrick and um, discovered a lot about St. Patrick. And it's really interesting when you look at St. Patrick, there's a lot of legend and folklore around St. Patrick, like the snakes, that never happened and all loads of other stuff. But there were some incredible miracles as well. As a 16 year old lad, a Welsh lad, by the way, I kept saying he's English, wasn't he? That went down well with the Irish people, not. Um, but I knew he was Welsh, so it was just being a provocative. Um, anyway, as a 16 year old, literally, he was trafficked. That's what we would call it now. 
He was stolen by raiders and trafficked to Ireland where he was kept as a slave but, but, uh, and out on the fields and all of that stuff. But God did miracles, but sometimes he didn't. God let Patrick experience so much suffering and difficulty as well as being really miraculous. Sometimes he stepped in and sometimes he didn't. And then when Patrick met Jesus, God spoke to him and said, right now I want you to go back to Ireland. Really? And actually the first person he went to find was the person who kept him in slavery to forgive him and to let him go. He became one of the most important people in the history of the church. Sometimes God stepped in miraculously and sometimes He didn't. Now this is hard, but maybe you're going through a difficult time and part of it is that you're thinking, well, God, why are you silent? Maybe God isn't silent. Maybe God is just waiting because He's wanting to do something in you. And as He does something in you, the more you let Him do something in you, the more He wants to do through you. But you know, those are a couple of reasons. Prevention is one, character is another, but sometimes God does step in miraculously. And I wanna look at that today. And I wanna look at this thing, third idea. Sometimes before you face a problem, God already has a plan. Isn't that good news? Before you face a problem, God already has a plan. And this series is based on a series from Life Church, from Craig Grishel's church. They give these series to the world. And, and so these couple of ideas are his ideas that I wanna just share with you. But a lot of the other stuff is my own thoughts. You see, before there was rain, there was a boat being prepared. Before Jonah was thrown into the water, a fish was being prepared. Before Moses had that two million people at the Red Sea, God already had a plan of how He was gonna rescue them. I wanna look at a story in the early church and I love, love this story. It's in Acts chapter 16. And um, let me just give you a little bit, bit of background first and then we'll go to this. Paul and Silas are uh, speaking about Jesus and the economic situation is being affected adversely for the people in power because of the message of Jesus. How many of you know nothing's changed? See, when you touch someone's money and someone's power, all kinds of opposition can come. And so they get thrown into prison. And it says this, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. So here's Paul, who's a follower of Jesus, okay? And many of you are, and some of you aren't, and I get that. But, but you need to know if you're not a follower of Jesus, just because you are, doesn't mean you won't have difficulty. It doesn't mean you won't have pain. It doesn't mean you won't have trouble. And how does Paul react? I don't know about you, but for me, I'm like, really God? Like I'm following you and I'm doing all this stuff and you allow me to get stripped and beaten. I mean, beaten with rods, not only stripped of his clothes, but stripped of his hope, stripped of his dignity, stripped of his freedom, stripped of his choices and confined in a prison. Surely the next time we see Paul, we're gonna see a miserable bloke, a grumpy bloke. Certainly we're not gonna see someone who wants to come to church and worship God, are we? Because why would he do that when he finds himself in prison, even though he is a, 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 you know, obeying God? That's not what we find. Look, look at what happens next. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Isn't that amazing? And the other prisoners were listening to them. Well, of course they were, because they know that these two guys are here because of following Jesus. 
and they're thrown into prison and they're singing hymns and praising God as it carries on. Suddenly, say suddenly. suddenly. Wake up, say suddenly. suddenly. Those of you watching online in location, say suddenly. Ah, yeah. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone, not just theirs, everyone's chains came loose. Wow, I love this story. This is a story where God stepped in. Maybe you're facing a situation right now and you need a suddenly moment from God. You're facing a health situation and it feels like you're in prison. You're facing a financial situation. You're facing a family relational challenge, whatever it is, and you need a suddenly moment. You need God to step in. Don't miss something. Before God stepped in, what were Paul and Silas doing? They were praising God. They didn't know the end of the story. They didn't have the book. They didn't know how it was gonna work out. Around midnight, while they were in prison, they were worshipping and praising God. They were singing hymns. In fact, some, one of the other translations say this, undaunted, undaunted, they prayed in the middle of the night and sang songs of praise to God. Another translation said, they were singing a robust hymn to God. Love that, I don't know what that is, a robust hymn. I think they're maybe singing like in Christ alone. Do you know what I mean? Or maybe they're singing the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it. I don't know what they were singing, but they were singing a robust song. But you know, what happens for many of us is that when we're in a sticky situation, when we're in one of these tough situations, what happens is we don't do that. That's the time when we stop going to church. That's the time when we stop going to our connect group. That's the time when we stop worshipping. That's the time when we stop singing. That's the time when we stop praising. It's the wrong thing to do. I was talking about this a few months ago with my wife, Alison. She made this statement, which I wrote down in my list of quotes, along with all the other great people in history. And she said this, there's a flood and we're chopping up the ark. I thought that is so profound and so true. Often this is what we do. The very thing which is our source of strength, we wanted, we just do away with it. How many of us have done that? When we're in tough situations, we don't wanna worship, we don't wanna connect with other people, and yet it's the very thing God has given us in order to strengthen us. And this is amazing. And, and I, don't, I don't know about you, but for me, Paul didn't wait to worship after the miracle, he worshiped before the miracle. And I don't know about how many of you are waiting for your miracle. Maybe you're waiting for your when God steps in moment. My encouragement to you is worship God, worship God. And you might think, no, 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 that's fake. No, it's not fake, it's faith. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, things have not yet seen. And so we worship God even when we don't see it. We worship God even when we don't feel His presence. We worship God even when we're locked in the prison waiting to be set free. And I think we're not just tested to see what's in us, we're also tested at times to see what's in God. Because when there's that sense of, okay, God, are you real or not? Suddenly, God can speak. Suddenly, God moves. And I love that word, suddenly, because it's so dramatic, isn't it? And here's the thing, you and I never know when God suddenly will happen. I don't know how many of you have been waiting and praying. And I was chatting to a couple of people earlier on about homes and houses. And you know, we know some situations recently. I'm praying for uh, some missionary friends of, of mine that I'm connected with in a country that 
I can't mention. And they're, and they're praying for a, a home. And um, this week I heard that God miraculously provided them with a home. Somebody in our own church has miraculously been provided for with a home. But while you're waiting, you never know God's suddenly moment. And so if you are waiting, guys, I wanna say, don't give up. Don't give up worshiping. Don't give up praying. Don't give up hoping because you never know when God suddenly might just happen. And then, and then look at what happens when God steps in. The jailer called for lights, right? So there's a shaking, the earthquake thing, all the chains coming up. The jailer called for lights, rushed in. He fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He was about to kill himself because of the shame of these guys being set free. But they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Love it, love it. So, so amazing. Not only is Paul and Silas saved, but the jailer and his whole household are set free. And when you and I, you know, as Christians, it's not always that, oh, God's healed me and God's set me free and God's given me a new house and God's given me the husband and the wife I was waiting for or God's provided the children. It's not always in those things that our faith is evidenced. Sometimes it's how we react when they're not, when they're not. And I don't know about you, but all these people coming to faith, was it just because of God suddenly or was it because of the faith they witnessed before God intervened? I don't know. Maybe it was a combination of both. But people are watching us, not only to how we react when God steps in, but how we react when He doesn't. Which leads me on to the fourth and final thing. Sometimes God's eternal purposes don't align with your temporary plans. Because I love this story. And God delivered Paul from prison until he didn't. God stepped in for Paul until he didn't. God protected Paul's life until he didn't. You see, he's set free from prison in Acts 16, but later on, he ends up in prison again and again. In fact, they reckon five and a half to six years of his life, he was in prison. And eventually in a prison in Rome, God didn't step in. God didn't suddenly deliver him. And he was beheaded because of his faith in Jesus. And this is a really tough message, isn't it? But to my eyes, what's happening here is that there's an eternal plan which supersedes our temporary plans. And you see, for me, when I look at this and I look at the Apostle Paul, in prison was where he wrote much of the New Testament. It was in prison where he wrote those words that for 2,000 years have encouraged people who've been in prison because of their faith in Jesus. It was where he wrote words that right now, Ukrainian Christians, as we meet, are gathered in rooms and in buildings and in homes with bombs raining around them. And they're reading the words that Paul wrote from prison when he says, rejoice in your sufferings. God, uh, we know that nothing will separate us from the love of God. Will trouble or hardship or famine or nakedness or sword? No, as it is written, we're more than conquerors. And all of this stuff was written, much of it from prison because there's an eternal plan that supersedes your and my temporary earthly plans. God doesn't promise to always protect us, guys, but He does promise that He will never, ever leave us. So if we serve a God, and those of you who are not yet Christians, I wanna invite you, invite you to think about why you wouldn't want to worship and serve this God. But for those of us that say that we are, if we serve a God who does step in, but sometimes who doesn't? 
how are we going to make sense of that? Because it feels like it's totally confusing, doesn't it? Let me give you two practical ideas. Number one, we pray for protection. We pray for protection. So we do what Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer. Lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. So we pray for protection for our spouse, for our husband, for our wife, for our kids, for our grandkids. We pray for protection for our family and friends. Those of you that are praying for people who are sick right now, I'm gonna just say if you are sick physically in any other way, we wanna pray for you. We've already had several testimonies of people who say they've been healed physically in the last few weeks, which is great news. And at the end of our service in the prayer room, there's gonna be some people that wanna pray for you. Maybe you're praying not just for yourself, but you're praying for other people. I wanna encourage you, keep praying for protection. Keep praying for God, because you never know when the suddenly can happen. That's one thing, we pray for protection. But number two, number two, we trust God with the outcome. We trust God with the outcome. I love um, the fact that, you know, Paul's attitude in prison, often you can read it, is like he prays for God to move, but if God doesn't, his attitude is this, well, your will, God, I'm gonna serve you when you step in and when you don't. I'm gonna serve you and worship you when you deliver me and when you don't, because that's what it's all about. And I love this idea, and Craig Rochelle says, says it this way, I'd rather hurt in God's will than live in comfort outside of it. Isn't that powerful? I, I don't know how many of us say, hmm, or whether we say, nah, nah. Because the reality is, if I'm honest with myself and with you guys and with God, I don't know whether I always live like that. I know I don't. I'd rather be comfortable inside God's will, but actually sometimes with God's purpose, there comes some pain. And what he's saying is that I would rather hurt in the will of God than live in comfort outside of it. And we remember that prevention is often God's means of protection. And we remember that when He doesn't protect us, it's because He wants something more than our comfort. He wants our character. And we remember, and we remember that God already has a plan long before we had a problem. And then we remember that God's eternal purposes always supersede our temporary plans. So, the name of the Lord is a what? strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are saved. That doesn't mean that they are saved from every circumstance. It doesn't mean they are saved from every pain. It doesn't mean they are saved necessarily from COVID or from bombs or from bullets. But it does mean that they know where they are, that God promises He would never, ever leave us or forsake us. And it's almost like the breath of God, the Spirit of God holds us together. When God steps in, and when he doesn't. And what we're gonna do this morning is I'm gonna invite the hosts to come and to prepare these stations for us. And right in lockdown number one, we said to Chris Eaton, who's down here on my right, friend of ours and part of our church. Chris is a songwriter. Chris and Abby, you'll know they're part of our team. And Chris wrote a song, he's written hundreds of songs, but he wrote a great, they're all great. Okay, I'm watching what I'm saying here. One of my favourite songs ever, okay, I think it's the most skillfully, most skillfully crafted song is a song called Breath of Heaven. And um, it came out of Chris's own personal challenges and struggles in life. And I think something that's birthed out of pain has way more power to it anyway. But we asked him in lockdown one, could you do that again? And, and our guys put some visuals around it. And I wanna do it again because I've asked our guys to refresh it. And so well as the two years of COVID, you're gonna hear, see some visuals around Ukraine as well. 
And on this two-year marker moment, we're going to invite you in the room. And if you're watching in one of our locations, there's some of these candles there for you as well. If you're watching online, maybe you want to mark it in your own way as well. But in this moment, while we listen and watch this song, we're going to invite you guys to go light a candle. You might think, well, that's, that's a little bit like, that's not really our church tradition. And no, it's not. But there's something really powerful about light, isn't there? And for some of you, lighting a candle might, me, might be about a moment of reflection for somebody that you've lost or for a situation that you've lost or for some pain that you've experienced the last two years. For some of you, you're going to be lighting a candle because you're thankful to God because He has protected you. He has protected your family. He has delivered you. He has stepped in. For others of you, you're lighting a candle for those that you know or those that you don't know and you're still waiting for them to be delivered or for them to be protected. And maybe for some of us, we're just lighting a candle for all those poor people in Ukraine who are experiencing such a lot of grief and difficulty right now. But as we do this, we want to invite you to participate. And there's something powerful about the sentiment of this song and the heart of this song that says, whether you step in God or whether you don't, the breath of heaven is what holds us together. Let me pray. And then I'm going to invite you as the song begins to play, just to move out from where you are and to light a candle. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence in our lives. Jesus, those moments when you step in miraculously are incredible, but other times you don't. And yet God, you are still the same God. And we choose to trust you when you step in and when you don't. God, we pray that the breath of heaven, the Spirit of God will not only hold us together, but hold those together who are looking to you right now. And Father, in these moments, we pray for your presence and your protection in Jesus' name. Amen.